Thank you for listening to Bishop Chronicles. Bishop Chronicles is a podcast on stoic resilience and the art of not quitting. Now, here is your host, Adisa the Bishop. Adisa the Planet, it's time to highlight a scholar. You know what I'm saying? Adisa, Bishop Chronicles, it's going down. Shout out to everybody who've been following and sharing my stuff on IG at Bishop Chronicles, the reels, and on TikTok at Bishop Chronicles. I'm so grateful. Like, I should have gone on TikTok a long time ago. Uh, if you've been missing it, I've been posting almost daily clips of Stoic, Confucian, Buddhist, Sufi wisdom, and it's working and people are digging it. I want to thank all of my listeners right now for your support. And I also want to uh, thank everyone who came out to uh, Stanford University. Uh, shout out and much thanks to Professor Greg Watkins for inviting me to come speak on, you know, Stoicism in the modern era. I was super nervous, you know, but um, it was a great crowd, great Q&A. I actually had recorded it, but there were some problems in the audio at the beginning, so... I'm not I'm not posting it. Plus, when I did the Q&A part, which was the dopest part uh, to me, because because I like the human interaction. Um, I normally repeat the question, you know, when someone asks something and I didn't do that. So a lot of that part, um, which was really exciting, actually is not properly recorded. So unfortunately, um, it's not lit. But um, I will do that next time. I do want to say something for real, though, like um I was really nervous. I had a good talk, you know, shout out to my homies that showed up, you know what I'm saying? Eric, Kamal, Phil, you know what I'm saying? Joe, you know what I'm saying? Um, it was lit, you know what I'm saying? Max and Jonah, you know what I'm saying? Um, but, um, you know, beyond, beyond my homies and stuff who came through, uh, and the students who were dope, you know, there was a dinner afterwards. Um, and it was an amazing dinner, you know, um, it was an amazing dinner, uh, put together by a professor, Greg and his amazing wife, Sue, and the students. And we just had some amazing conversations about stoicism and religion and philosophy and life and jujitsu. It was crazy. And my boy, Anthony, who came out, you know what I'm saying? And then we watched the UFC um, and that was lit. And Anthony had never seen the UFC. So that was fun. But my point is that sitting with the students um, from Stanford, I got to tell you, like, um, if you were ever worried about the future of America, don't be. The young people are amazing right now. The young people are amazing right now. Their ideas, their vision, you know, like, don't trip. I, I was deeply impressed. And I'm always impressed. More and more that I talk to the youth, I'm always impressed by what they say. I'm impressed by, uh, you know, their ideas and, and where they plan to take the world. And it's, 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 it's powerful. So, um, yeah, just much thanks. Shout out to everybody at Stanford University and looking forward to hanging out with you guys again. Um, this particular episode is on anger and um, anger is a big deal. Uh, everybody's angry these days. Uh, everybody I talk to, if I'd be like, hey, what's, what's up? Man, I got anger management issues. Everybody seems to believe that they have anger management issues. And so... This is a problem. Um, last week, I was leaving Half Gracie Jiu-Jitsu where I teach in the morning and I needed to go get some gas. So I was in San Jose, went to go get some gas. And 
there was a woman in like a gray kind of SUV coming towards me. Um, then she hits a UE. She starts to go into the same area I was going into. And it turns out that we're heading toward the same uh, gas pump. And so I drive past the pump and I point to her like, just go ahead and take that. No worries. And she's an elderly Asian woman. She's like, thank you. Thank you. She's nodding. She goes ahead and pulls in. I make my UE to pull in on the other side. And as I do, this dude zooms in. He's got like a, a Jeep with like a six foot American flag that's all tattered on the ends behind it. You know, a bunch of gun stickers and lots of rock music playing out, which I love rock music, if you know me, uh, especially heavy metal. Slayer rules forever. You know what I'm saying? Um, um, and so I see this guy hop out and he just looks at me and he's got you know, these like kind of Terminator glasses from the movie Terminator. It's an old film. Um, and he's really skinny. He's got a mullet. No judgment. It just was what it was. It was a mullet. And um, he's wearing like blue jeans and a T-shirt. And, you know, this guy, you know, he looks like, you know, he doesn't get out a lot. You know what I'm saying? Um, might be, you know, the rough, the rough outward profile of a school shooter you know what i'm saying no judgment i'm just saying um and he looks at me and i look at him and you know i'm fresh out the the gym so i got this jujitsu kind of shirt on you know what i'm saying uh and uh some shorts and my flip-flops and you know he kind of looks at me and then he kind of goes and he gets some gas and um i was looking at his american flag and i was about to say hey uh, see, side note, when I was young, I was in the Cub Scouts. And, you know, when you're in the Cub Scouts, you get really indoctrinated with, like, how you're supposed to care for the American flag, right? So when I see a flag and it's messed up, like it's got tattered ends, I get bothered. Now, this is not a conversation about burning flags, taking knees for Kaepernick and all of that. That's a whole conversation I could have with you. You know what I'm saying? But what I'm saying is the Cub Scout in me doesn't like to see tattered flags. If you're going to fly the flag, you fly it right. All right? Like, when I used to work at John O'Connell, my boy G, what's up? G, what's up, Lee? They could tell you. I went straight to the principal and was like, you got to take that flag down because it's bothering me because it looks so tattered and we're going to get a new one and put it back up. And that's what we did. You know what I mean? So next time somebody talks to you about Muslims and desecration of the flag, remember the Muslim that put one back up. You heard me? Now, here's my point looking at the tattered stuff and I'm like, hmm, do I tell him about this tattered shit? Cause he seems like a real weirdo. Um, and so I didn't say nothing. I just looked at him. He looked back at me and he hopped back in, you know what I'm saying? Uh, and, and, and turns up his music and he, and he, and he, and he bounces out. And I remember one of his, one of the stickers said like, my other ride is your mom. Which was hilarious because, like, you could tell that this guy probably has, like, a lifetime membership at Pornhub and does not get out much. Um, no disrespect to anybody who has those memberships. Um, no judgment. Um, but while he's pulling off, there is a uh, an elderly white woman who is standing behind my... Uh, what do you call it? My, my gas pump. And she's got her camera up and she's filming him as he pulls off. And I turned to her and I said, are you okay? Are you safe right now? And she nods like with a frustrated look on her face. And she says, he was following me. He was, he was road raging. And so I came here to avoid him. 
he wasn't really here to get gas. He was following me. And I was like, yo, are you serious? And so by this time, he's cleaned out the thing and he's like starting to go down the street. For real, for real, he gone. So I was like, she was like, should I report this guy? And I was like, if you feel like he was threatening you or could have like done some violence, you probably should. Because, I mean, you see that dude. He looks like a straight weirdo loner nerd. You know, you want to get that on the books before he does something stupid. And she was like, yeah. So while me and her start talking, the the elderly Asian lady sees us talking and she's like, excuse me. And I was like, yeah. She was like, I can't get my gas cap open. Can you help me? I was like, sure, sure. So I help her get the gas cap open, whatever. And then I bounce, but I start really thinking about anger. And so that's what this is about. You know, like, why are we angry? We're angry because the political landscape is weird. We're angry because cash is tighter than spandex on a single mom on the first day of school. You know what I'm saying? Real tight. Um, we're angry because of uh, our education system has been totally exposed as uh, inadequate, especially since uh, the advent of the virus. You know what I'm saying? Um, you know, we all got individual health issues, plus our family got health issues. Mask mandates one day, then they're wiped out the next. You know what I'm saying? It's weird. Okay, it's weird. And this stuff is causing a lot of stress. Okay. And so I want to talk real quick about some of the cures that I think that we have and can have for this anger. I'm going to start with what I always talk about. What do you think I'm about to tell you? Lean in, lean in just a little bit more. Therapy. You need therapy. Okay. You need therapy. Even if you think you don't. You need therapy. Trust what I tell you. Okay. Call or Google therapist near me, you know, pay on scale, right? Or free therapy near me. You'll find options. Okay. For real. Don't sleep. Um, we have to deal with our anger and we can't let our anger get the best of us because the prisons and graveyards are filled with people who couldn't control their anger. It's just that simple. The prisons and graveyards are filled with people who couldn't control their anger. So you're going to control your anger so you don't end up the way they ended up. It's that simple. Your family needs you. Your kids need you. Your parents need you. Your neighbors need you. You know what I'm saying? The people at your job need you. You are needed. You are loved. And we're not going to be falling to anger because it's too immature. I'm speaking as someone who was known as a hothead. You know what I'm saying? Um, I'm not really sure where it came from i think it came from me being like extra skinny and small so i was always angry that i wasn't like big like all my friends were like muscle bound wrestler football jock types and i was like the super runt so i think that i carried a lot of extra angst you know what i'm saying when i was when i was younger um and you know it took a lot of decades for me to you know plus like whatever else goes on through in your life we all got our traumas and you know our triggers and things like that um but I feel like it wasn't until um, my uh, divorce started that I started really looking at like my anger. Not because I was like off the chain or anything like that, but because I was just angry that I was getting divorced, right? And I had to start figuring it out. So, um, you know, when I got into therapy, I started really working on like, understanding and identifying the things that make me mad and trying to figure out why. So this is when I talked about, you know, uh, stoic journaling. This is some of the stuff that can come out in your journaling. But what I'm going to really um, 
push you to outside of therapy is meditation. Um, I can never overemphasize this enough. Take the time to cultivate your own inner peace or you're going to fall to anger, right, in either the way that you speak to others, right, um, or the way that you treat others. Like, obviously, if you're, like, harming yourself or other people or animals and insects, it's gotten out of hand, okay? So meditation is going to help you get a handle on that, a genuine handle. I definitely believe in guided meditations, using those first. Uh, Rizza from Wu-Tang, he has some guided meditations that you can you can follow. Um, on YouTube, there are tons of free guided meditations. I believe that meditating, and I was taught when I learned Transcendental Meditation, that 20 minutes a day is the ideal uh, time that you want. You can go over, but you shouldn't do less, right? Um, and you can do like two 10-minute meditations through the course of a day, two 10-minute guided meditations through the course of a day. And, um, you know, you can put woman's voice, man's voice, whatever, right? There's one guy I really like, Muji, M-O-O-J-I. He's really dope. But you need to do that. You need to meditate. Um, there's a story that I got from uh, Thich Nhat Hanh uh, that I want to share with you right now. So check this out. A monk decides to meditate alone. Away from his monastery, he takes a boat and goes to the middle of the lake, closes his eyes, and begins to meditate. After a few hours of unperturbed silence, he suddenly feels the blow of another boat hitting his. With his eyes still closed, he feels his anger rising, and when he opens his eyes, he is ready to shout at the boatmen who dare to disturb his meditation. But when he opens his eyes, he saw that it was an empty boat, not tied up, floating in the middle of the lake. At that moment, the monk achieves self-realization and understands that anger is within him. It simply needs to hit an external object to provoke it. After that, whenever he meets someone who irritates or provokes his anger, he remembers the other person is just an empty boat. Anger is inside me. That's Thich Nhat Hanh. Rest in peace. You know, his work has had profound impact on my life. Um, and uh, rest in peace to my homie Paul, who passed away. Hashtag just another lion to kill. Uh, who really, like I knew who Thich Nhat Hanh was, but it was Paul, Paul Morin, who, who, really guided me to like pay attention to his teachings way more. And I did. Uh, and I benefited greatly from it. Um, you know, so, you know, think about that, that anger is in you, right? And other people just kind of provoke it and pull it out. And let's think about like, you know, why, why are we mad? Why, we're mad because things don't turn out our way, right? You know, maybe we didn't get that job we were hoping to get. I just almost had a dope job and then got swooped on and didn't get it. You know what I'm saying? It was like, oh, you were in the final three. <sighs> okay. You know what I'm saying? But ultimately, uh, like I told the recruiter, I was like, hey, you know what? It wasn't meant for me to have that job because whatever's really meant to happen, happens. I didn't get this job. I didn't get this job for some reason, but it's okay. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm good. And they were like, whoa, that's a real positive way to look at it. I was like, yeah, it's all good. You know what I'm saying? Um, you know, 
Um, it's okay that things don't go our way and we don't have to take it personal that they don't. The other day, uh, when I was doing an online uh, talk on stoicism, I kind of ran through the view from above and I've done that on the show before, so I'm not going to do it now. But you can look into the stoic view from above to help de-escalate personalizing when things go wrong for you. Right. Like we'll often do that. Like, yo, why is this happening to me? I really needed that job because I did. Uh, why is this happening to me? I really wanted to holler at her. But now she's got a boyfriend or, you know, what I'm saying whatever. And it's like it doesn't matter. You know, what I'm saying like you've got to understand that the world doesn't happen to you. The world happens to all of us at the same time. Right. When you up, somebody else is down or somebody in the middle. When you down, somebody's above you. Somebody's even lower than you. It goes down like that, right? So learn to de-escalate your personalization of when things don't go your way. Um, the other thing that I really like uh, in Stoicism is this idea of the reserve clause when goal setting, right? So a Stoic might use a term like, uh, I'm going to go win the jujitsu tournament fate permitting right or or for some muslim a muslim like hey hey especially like black muslims like black muslims will use a term like inshallah right which means god willing right but real muslims know and especially black muslims in the bay know that if someone says inshallah to you and it deals with like a, a an invite that person is not showing up case in point hey what's up mike you coming to my uh barbecue next week inshallah that means Mike ain't coming, <laughs> but that's not really what it's meant for. It's meant to be this thing that, yes, I intend to come, but who knows what will happen, right? Only God knows what will happen if I'll actually make it to your barbecue, right? Um, this is also a Christian concept, right? They have a phrase, uh, I believe, uh, Deo Valente, right? That they would sign letters with back in the Middle Ages, right? And in James 4.13, it breaks down like why reserve clauses exist. All right, check it out. This is, this is from the book of James 4.13. Here we go. Uh, now listen, you who say, today or tomorrow, we will go to this or that city, spend a year there, carry on business, and make money. Why? You do not even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if it is the Lord's will, we will live and do this or that. That's powerful, right? That's real powerful. One of the reasons I love Stoicism is because I think you can see how it connects to the Bible. It connects to Judaism. It connects to Islam. It connects to Buddhism and all these other philosophies like Taoism, etc. And one of the reasons I like it is because it's so kind of flexible, right? Um, but whatever helps you understand this idea of having a reserve clause, understand that, you know, in the stoic way, they say it's like an archer, right? An archer pulls back on the arrow. He aims, right? He lets go. He's control of his preparation of his intention. But once he lets go, he's no longer in control of where the arrow actually lands, right? The wind can blow, Right? The, 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 the tail end of the arrow can, can have a messed up end and, you know, offset it. Okay. So be at peace with doing what you do to the best of your ability and just letting that stand on its own. 
I also suggest that people get into martial arts and yoga, right? Like if, if, if people take a class with me, they meditate every session, usually twice. I try to make sure that we meditate twice every session because I believe that stoic uh, philosophy and meditation are needed in the Brazilian jiu-jitsu community. There's way too many meatheads. Uh, far too often you turn around to find out that some instructor is, 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 is out of pocket or morally just abusive, you know what I mean? And it's, it's, it's disheartening. So I'm trying to really push meditation and I'm trying to push stoic philosophy um, as a way to help improve the jujitsu community. But even if you don't take jujitsu, you wanna take boxing, you wanna take judo, you wanna take sambo, you wanna take um, whatever you want, karate, right? Kung fu, right? Make sure that you take on a martial art. It is so fun for cultural reasons. It is so enlightening for personal reasons, right? And um, it will force you to deal a lot with your fears, right? Now I push jujitsu because I do jujitsu. I have a black belt in jujitsu and I'm grateful for what I get from jujitsu every day, right? Um, but the main thing that you'll learn when you're doing jujitsu or any martial art is that just being angry isn't enough. That's why I love jujitsu. If I if someone puts a triangle choke on me, it don't matter how mad I am. If I don't know how to get out, I got to tap. You got me, right? And likewise, if you get a triangle choke on someone, if they don't recognize the truth, they got to tap. What you learn through martial arts is that anger doesn't make you a better fighter and it doesn't make you win. And people who use anger to kind of like fuel themselves uh, when they fight, they usually burn out or have some kind of problem. You know what I'm saying? Um, real quick, there was this guy back in the day who he graduated from an HBCU, that's a historically black university and college. Um, and he uh, got into a fender bender right after he graduated. He got into an argument with the dude, stole on him one time. Stealing on somebody means you bust him in the face real hard from the bay. That's that's what it means. He stole on somebody. You know what I'm saying? It's a West Coast type thing. Bow, stole on him. You know what I mean? And uh, broke the guy's neck. Ended up going straight to jail. Horrible. Horrible story. Right? But that's because, right, I believe that there's something inherent about jujitsu that has mercy in it. Right? When someone gets you... Uh, and a jujitsu pin or even like uh, uh, an arm lock or a chokehold, right? They're in charge of how much they squeeze knowing more often than not what the impact of that choke is going to be or what the impact of that arm lock is going to be, right? On that shoulder, on that elbow, right? Heel hooks, knee bars, you know what I'm saying? Pushing stuff against its nature, right? So there is a mercy in that because every time... You do jujitsu, it may not be life and death. You might just be trying to keep your drunk uncle from messing up Thanksgiving. Yo, unk, I'm going to keep you here, bro. You're going to stay down until you, you, chill, you chilling, right? Everybody got that wild auntie who overdo it, you know what I'm saying? Somebody gave her too much, you know, Martini and Rossi, Asti, Spumanti, and now she's tripping in the hallway, right? So somebody might have to like, hey, have a seat though, auntie though. You know what I'm saying? So it doesn't have to be life or death. My point is punches don't have that option. When you swing on somebody, right? Like nobody ever expects to punch and kill somebody with one punch. Men dream of that, but that's not who they really are. That's not what really happens. But every once in a while, it does. 
Every once in a while it does. One of my friends, one of my Irish homies way back in the day, he told me about a fight happened hella years ago where these dudes started arguing in front of a, a, a bar. And then uh, one guy picked the other guy up to try to punk him, threw him through the plate glass, pata, just to show off. Homeboy cut his leg open as he went through the window and died, bled out. This is what happens when you overreact in anger. This is what I don't want happening to you. This is why I want you in martial arts. This is why I'm asking you to get therapy. This is why I'm telling you about the benefits of meditation and yoga. Because you have to start making time for peace within yourself if you don't want anger to overtake you. Okay? This is a real thing. This is a serious thing. And this is your life. Right? Um, you know, another thing that keeps us angry, um, is, is comparing ourselves to other people, right? Like we, we compare ourselves to other people. We think they got better clothes or they got, they're in a better relationship or they got hella money and we wish we had money and you don't really know other people's lives, man. Sometimes people have way more money, but they also have like really deep, dark family secrets, that even that money can't fix, okay? Sometimes people do have great titles and they have great opportunities. They might be famous or not, right? Understand all the stuff you see on TikTok and, 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 and IG, it's so made up. Like everybody posts like the fresh meal. I do too. I'll be like, check out this juice I just made. Ooh, look at this sushi I'm about to eat. I just got this Thai food and it's off the chain. You know what I never show you? I never show you the ramen when I'm flat brizzled, right? But if you just go based off what you see on IG, you'd be like, damn, DC eating lit. Not all the time. DC eating lit. Not every day. I got my ramen days, homie, okay? It gets thin out, chunk. So this is what I'm saying. Like, stop comparing yourself to other people, right? Uh, on another thing, you need to be looking to ways to reasonably authentically cultivate your joy. What do I mean? What I mean is I know that when you were a teenager or a young adult, I know you had a hobby you loved or even as a kid and you let it go. I'm telling you to pick that hobby back up. Did you have a little graffiti notebook and you used to let's like write pieces up in there? Go get back to that. Go to Michael's. You know what I'm saying? Pick up some pens. Get get a notebook. Start start bombing in that notebook again. Maybe you used to write poetry. Get back to writing it. Maybe you used to draw. Just just stick figures or abstract or whatever. Get back to your hobby. Embrace it. Love it. I know like uh somebody was telling me that for adults who used to do gymnastics, they have some 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 cities have adult gymnastics classes. You know what I mean? Now, you might throw your back out in the middle of it, but what a beautiful way to throw that back out, huh? Um, Re-embrace that, you know? Um, and also take charge of what you listen to, you know? You don't have to listen to the news all day. I don't listen to the news that often, I swear, because it's depressing and it will make me upset and it's not built to bring me joy. It's built to like build anxiety, not even to inform anymore. Right. To build anxiety and divide. That's what a lot of the media does now because everybody's embedded. Um, there's very few people authentically in the middle and too many corporations have bought up so many of the platforms that you can't even say the truth that often no more unless you're already in line with somebody else's truth. 
you know, but you're in charge of what you listen to. You're in charge of what you watch. You don't have to listen to rap music all day. And I'm talking about somebody who listened to rap music their whole life, but you know what I'm saying? I still put it down for the West out here. You know what I'm saying? We hit switches, you know what I mean? But I can't listen to this stuff about clapping people all day, about shooting fools, about strip clubs, and about all this stuff that has nothing to do with my real life right now. Not that my real life was with the other stuff. You know what I'm saying? I mean, maybe a little. But what I'm saying is this. Choose what you listen to. Go on YouTube, play music that either is going to uplift you or is going to have no words. So I usually listen to reggae or jazz or lo-fi or chill hop. It's usually lo-fi or chill hop. Um, it's going to be some, something that's going to uplift me, right? Because if you listen to the music about the the cheating women and the distrustful men and where the gun's at and who got the syrup, like that's not going to build your peace. That's not going to build your peace, you know? And the other thing is, and this is in closing, um, the Stoics have this saying, amor fati, amor fati, love your fate, okay? Love your fate. Everything that happens to you, for whatever reason it happened, the universe, God, Allah, Jehovah, Jesus, however you call on the divine force, right? The divine root of all being. Um, they gave you the mental, spiritual, and physical tools to be resilient through whatever you're endured. And I'm not taking anything you've endured lightly, and I know it's not easy, but it's very possible. That with a little discipline and a little consistence and a little faith in yourself and maybe in the universe, that you can navigate these times and get past your anger. A lot of people have probably done you wrong. I've been done wrong by a lot of people. You know what I'm saying? But what they did to me didn't change me. I think that's important. Ever since I was a kid, when people would do me wrong, the main thing I would resolve was, no matter what happened, I'm never going to be like them. And if you, you know, and some people, they harm you for reasons they don't even know. You know, you probably want and deserve an apology. You may not get it. But you don't need to get the apology if you get your peace in order, all right? So just trust your boy, trust what I'm telling you, know that I say everything I say with the best intentions, all right? You can beat your anger issues. There are a lot of different stoic tools that you can use on our Facebook page. I posted uh, Seneca's On Anger, all right? Straight off YouTube. It's on the Bishop Chronicles page. All right, I've posted on anger. You can listen to it. You can see some of the other stuff that I've posted. And I want you to have a blessed and beautiful day. Don't forget to protect your smile. Always keep a corner of your heart and a corner of your head unassailable to anyone but you. And you protect your smile. Your smile is like the fingerprints of the soul, the fingerprints of the heart. All right? 
Your smile is like a fingerprint. No one smiles like you. Even twins, identical twins don't smile the same. So trust in that. Defend your smile. And until then, I'm going to say peace. Holla at a scholar.